This episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast is brought to you by our new sponsor, Oakley. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not just the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com for more information today. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Casual Friday. I am Sean for W, and I'm joined as I am every Casual Friday by my partners in crime. XJ, how are you? I'm doing great, Sean. You know, off-season vibes. I'm just vibing out to cap or no caps, enjoying the playoffs, enjoying Jokic demonstrating that he's the best player in the world, like what us analytics nerds have been trying to tell you guys for years. I know Mens has been on that. Um, you know, I'm enjoying that there's no dominant team in the Eastern conference and I don't see anyone forming soon. Um, I'm enjoying that. We have a top 20 player in the league for $26 million per year on average. So, you know, I'm just chilling. I'm, I'm doing really well. That's great to hear. And my other partner in crime live from Brooklyn, Mensa Smith, Mensa, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Um, you know, the, the sting of losing the Eastern Conference semifinals wears off every day. And I get to appreciate more and more what this season has been. But I'm not doing as good as that shirt you have on. I'm not sure I understand it with the New York mag font there. I don't know for those who are watching. I mean, for those who are listening to the audio, Sean has a shirt on that says the New York Spurs. And I think that needs to be addressed for a second. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. So as Mensa said, I'm wearing a shirt that says the New York Spurs in the style of the New Yorker magazine. And it's because I have decided that I'm going to switch my allegiance to the San Antonio Spurs and I'm going to start a Spurs supporters club in New York. So that's why I'm wearing this shirt. So then why this podcast, bro? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, well, I mean, you know, the, you know, the Detroit Pistons hired a new head coach, Monty Williams. And, you know, now that a 17 win team has hired a new head coach, the Knicks have to, there's no hope for the New York Knicks anymore because the Pistons are coming. They're going to catch us down and they're going to get all they're going to they're going to fly right by us because apparently the Knicks have to go crazy and they cannot run it back because the 17 and 65 Detroit Pistons hired Monty Williams on Twitter. The alarms are sounded. People are panicking. People are going crazy. What are we going to do? Orlando's coming. Indiana's coming. So you know what? There's no hope. Are these real takes, Sean? (laughs) Are these real takes by real people? Like not Paddywhack, right? (laughs) Oh, there are so many people on the timeline who are like, we see Detroit got better. The Indiana got better. The Knicks, the Knicks got to stand pat. They can't stand pat. They can't run it back. They better do something or we're stuck. It is insane on the timeline. Let me say this for the record because I understand how the internet works. I am not becoming a San Antonio Spurs fan. I am a Knicks fan for 32 seasons and I'll be another Knicks, be a Knicks fan for another 32 seasons. But I started in jest because to the, the topic of today's show was actually inspired by some things that I saw on the timeline. And listen, as we all know, Twitter is not a real place, but there are real people on it. And sometimes these real people say some real things. So I was on the timeline. I was perousing the bird app and I heard a number of takes. Um, I, I'll share some of you because I wrote them down. Um, Trigger warning. I'll, this was his first mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like your first mistake was listening to Stephen A. Smith. My first mistake was taking anything I heard on Twitter seriously. Um, I will save the non-Knicks ones. Like, you know, Jimmy isn't a star. I'll move that to the side. Um, I heard that the Knicks should blow it up. I heard that 
Orlando is in a better position than we are, and we should want their roster over ours. And that even though it took the Orlando Magic 11 years from the point where they traded Dwight Howard to the point where they uh, drafted Paolo Bancaro, that 11-year rebuild was worth it. Even though technically that rebuild is still going because they've won the same amount of that 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 nucleus that core has won the same amount of playoff games as me you and me XJ and Mensa have right, um, and so I was thinking to myself, you know, three years ago, if you had told me, and I actually shared this to people on the bird app, I said three years ago, if you told me when Leon Rose took over that in three years, the Knicks would be six wins away from the NBA finals. I think every one of us would have taken that. I think if you told me in March of 2020, that three years from now, this team, which is devoid of devoid of talent for the most part, except for some couple young players would be six wins away from the Eastern Conference Championship. I believe that every single Knicks fan would have signed up for that. Do you know what I was told? I was told that I was a casual. And I was like, well, yes, I am a casual because I'm part of Casual Friday. But I was told I was a casual and that Orlando was doing a better job and yada, yada, yada. And I'm sitting there and I'm finding it hilarious. That I'm like, because, you know, it's funny. Um, I don't know when Orlando became this uh, model franchise because Orlando and the Knicks have, in my basketball watching life, have won the same amount of things. They've won no championships and they've won the Eastern Conference twice. But apparently, but in, they actually have they have won something. They've won the NBA draft lottery a record four times and have done well, nothing with it. My brother, you, this is why we are here. This is why we are here because they have won the lottery, not one, not two, not three, but four times and have again, no championships and two conference championships. But when I got called a casual, I said, it actually triggered a thought in my head. I was like, you know something? Maybe this is something I could bring to casual Friday. And I sat there and I thought about the Knicks rebuild some people think it's a rebuild some people call it a retool star chasing whatever whatever the the team building process that this team has chosen and i said to myself you know what are the knicks on schedule are the knicks ahead of schedule are the knicks behind schedule and I think if you ask like 10 different people, you will get like 10 different answers and or maybe well, not 10 different answers, but you get you get a mixture of all three. So before we dive into the meat of today's show, um, I'll start with Mensa. In your opinion, from the point that Leon Rose took over, because that's which was March of 2020, are in terms of building a ch- legitimate championship contender, are the Knicks ahead of schedule, on schedule, or behind schedule? Um, I would say they are on schedule. This is, I want to say Leon Rose has been, okay, so it was the OB draft. Okay, so he's been in charge of three drafts. So that's about three seasons. I think that considering where the roster was in terms of like cap space and movable contracts that you can flip a roster like that Pretty quickly, um, like look at what Masai Ujiri did with the the rudderless Toronto Raptors. Didn't really have any top five picks outside of like Jonas Valanciunas. We had third overall pick RJ Barrett already in the building. Um, I would say that the Knicks and, and then he turned that team into a perennial contender that eventually won one in 2019. So I would say the Knicks are on schedule. I don't think they're ahead of schedule. I don't think they're behind schedule, which is why I personally believe this is the most pivotal offseason in quite some time for the New York Knicks because of where they are on the schedule. Actually, what about you? I mean, I think uh, Mensa makes a great point. I think we're slightly ahead of schedule. Um, the nineteen twenty uh, New York Knicks were twenty one and forty five, finished twelfth in the Eastern Conference. Their coach was Dave Fisdale. <laughs> um, Leon Rose became president three years and four months ago, and 
in my opinion, uh, how I look at it is a strong front office can take a team from pretty trash to a title contender in about six years. Um, there's a number of ways that they can do that, which, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about a little later. Um, but you know, they're, if they're not on track in three years, if hitting indicators that they are on track, then to me, that front office should be out and it's time to restart. We're going into year four. Things look really good. And to me, Jalen Brunson is largely what makes them ahead of schedule. He was a top 15 offensive player in the league during the regular season. And in the postseason, he demonstrated that he can be potentially a number one offensive option on a championship contender. And I'll say it again, like I said in the opening, he makes $26 million per year. In 2025, he'll be 28 years old and making actually making less. He'll be making $25 million. And in that same year, let me just drop a few names. Bradley Beal will be 32, making $54 million per year. <laughs> Trey Young will be making $46 million per year. Jalen Brown, in my opinion, the most overrated player in the sport. People know I feel say this it, way. Say it, say it again, XJ. Say it again. In, in my opinion, the most overrated player in the sport, Jalen Brown, will be 28 and probably making upwards of $50 million in that year. And we're talking about Jalen Brunson going to be making 25 million, half of what Jalen Brown will be making less than half of what Bradley Beal will be making at age 32. Um, I'm, I, you know, slight tangent, but I was trying to figure out who the next player is that might confer max value, but won't get near a max contract like Jalen Brunson conferring max value, but not being near max contract. I had trouble finding any other candidates. The only guys I could pick out were, were like, if Austin Reeves makes a crazy leap after he gets his deal this year, he could be a guy. And then honestly, it's kind of crazy. The other one that I could identify just genuinely is Emmanuel quickly. <laughs> you know, I think quick still has an offensive leap in him. And it's going to make, if he does it, it's going to make the 25, $20 to $25 million that he's going to be making look like an insane bargain. So we're talking about the Knicks could potentially be a team that has two of the most underpaid guys in the entire NBA. Um, to me, the future is brighter right now than it has been at any point since the 90s. I believe we're slightly ahead of schedule. The schedule to me is bad to title contender in six years. I believe that literally any point within the next two years, there could be one deal, a couple of deals that could take them over that edge. So we have about a two year window to become a title contender. And I think we're either aligned with well, two year window to be ahead of schedule. So with it, if they become a title contender within the next two years, to me, that's ahead of schedule. So that's what I'm looking at. I think, but I, I, I definitely think they're like anywhere from on schedule to slightly ahead. I think that's fair. Um, I, I think that anyone who thinks we're behind schedule, I mean, I, I think I would respectfully disagree because, um, again, the Knicks were. And three years ago, the Knicks had their best trade asset was R.J. Barrett. No, actually, no, it was Marcus Morris <laughs> because that got us a manual quickly, um, you know, as opposed to like. When the Sixers started the process and they traded Drew Holiday and they got a gaggle of picks and we got a pick, we got a we, we had a late first round pick and a pick swap from a team that was a that was uh, looking to contend for the Western Conference Championship. Um, like I, I think we have these discussions about. I think we have these discussions about like, are we screwed? Are we in purgatory? Are we this? Are we that? I think we have these discussions because we are honestly, I think it's the mentality we have as New Yorkers. And by mentality, I mean, we get to a certain point and then we fail or, or we don't advance. And I know failed is a very touchy word amongst NBA and NBA Twitter right now, you know, by people who want to just, you know, they'll take their feces at Giannis because he said, I failed, but it's not that big of a deal, whatever. But like, well, you say we you got to this fail, point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we Fair got to enough, this point. Though. Exactly. We get to a certain point and we, and we, and we failed. We didn't advance whatever word you want to use, but it seems like because we're, because we failed, we're screwed. Right. And I mean, <sighs> how do I say this? Like, it just seems like 
at every like at every single point we reach, we're when we don't advance, we're screwed. And it's like at the end of twenty, at the end of the twenty twenty season, when we didn't make the bubble, and we were what? Uh, I don't remember what our record was. We failed. We're screwed. They make we make the almighty fourth seed. We failed. We lose to Atlanta. We failed. We're screwed. We went 37 games next year. Oh, now we're really screwed because we didn't even make the playoffs. So I was like, wait, we took a step back. So now it's a failure compared to last year, even though last year was a failure. Uh, they make the playoffs again. And again, they get to within six wins of the Eastern Conference Championship. And it's we didn't beat the Heat. We failed. We're screwed. We can't do anything else. And I'm like, so if we had beat the Heat and lost to the Celtics, you just said we were screwed. Because how did we lose to the Celtics? We beat them 3-1, right? And if we beat the Celtics and get to the finals against the Nuggets and lose to the Nuggets, there would have been people said like, we failed, we're screwed, we can't beat this team, we're done. It's like the only way we can not fit be the only way we're not screwed is if we had, if we're holding the Larry O'Brien trophy in our hand. Now, listen, I want to win a championship just as much as anyone. I'm not saying that we should accept, like we should accept getting to the second round and that's it. But the idea that the Knicks are stuck, the Knicks are screwed. The Knicks cannot advance any further because they lost to the heat because they didn't tank for seven for 11 years because Caleb Martin is shooting 57% from the field in the playoffs because we have Julius Randle, who apparently is a lemon and nobody wants him. And he's not that good of a basketball player. And he's a bum, even though people double team him all the time. It's like, when do we get to enjoy the journey? Like you got to enjoy the journey at some point. So that got me thinking, all right, let me look at the, the, the journeys of the other teams and see which journey we are most mimicking. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. For those watching on YouTube, you can see I'm sharing my screen. For those listening on the podcast, I'll explain what's I'll explain what's on the screen. So I did the legwork to look at the last 10 champions of each conference and looked at their three best players and how they built their team. Now, in terms of best players, Sometimes it's really easy. Like, for example, with the, with the Heatles, that's LeBron, Spolcher, LeBron, Wade, Bosch, that's, you know, whatever. But then for like the 2020 Lakers, it's LeBron, Davis, and Rondo, uh, Danny Green, KCP. So there's a little bit of subjectivity for like the third one, but you kind of get, but you kind of get the point. Um, so there we did. So, and so what I did was I've listed the last, uh, well, actually, the last 11, because I have the Nuggets and the Heat in here. Um, I have Nuggets on the winning team because I can see the future. And I've listed how they were acquired, whether it's draft by trade or free agency. And if they're acquired by draft, what pick they were. So, for example, for the Nuggets, Jokic acquired 41st pick. Uh, Aaron Gordon, he was traded for. Um, and um, Jamal Murray, seventh, seventh pick. Now, draft day trades, draft day tr- players who were traded for on draft day. I, I, like, for example, uh, Kawhi. 
Kawhi counts as a trade because even though he wasn't drafted by the Spurs, he was traded for on draft day. Because my reasoning being, if the Indiana Pacers wanted Kawhi Leonard, they would have just taken Kawhi Leonard, and there's nothing the Spurs could have did about it. Whereas for someone like Jamal Murray. Yes, Jamal Murray was the pick in the Carmelo Anthony trade. That trade happened so far in the past that we can't we like I'm not going to I'm not going to call that a trade. That's like I had this pick. I have this pick. This is what I did. So. um, So looking at these teams, what we're going to do is we're going to look at each year and see which which uh, team building model. if the Knicks are following that model and if they are following that model, are they on the right track to do so? And if they're not following that model, is that model better or worse than what the Knicks doing right now? And the point of the exercise starts to take a really deep dive and say like, all right, we know what we know the Knicks, let's figure out how the Knicks are building their team. And does it make sense? And is it better than what some teams have done? And is it worse than what some teams have done? Because some people, for example, like tank crowd, the tank crowd thinks like the only way to build a team is to be bad, get, get a, get a top three pick, be bad again, get a top three pick, be bad, be not as bad, draft someone else. And then you take, and then you take off. Whereas some of the teams, some people feel like, you know, they want to be the Lakers and like just sign free agents and what have you. Um, so we will. So do we understand the game? I'll take your silence as a yes. Great. All right. Yes, so we do. Let's, <laughs> um, and also for you know what's in giggles, I calculated the average draft position on another on another slide for each of the teams. So for example, the average draft position of the 2016 Cavs is 2.3 because their top three players, LeBron, Kyrie, and Love, are one, one, and five. Whereas the average draft position of the top three players of the 2023 Heat. Are thirty is thirty four point seven because Jimmy Butler was taking thirtieth, Bam was taking thirteenth, and Caleb Martin was taking sixty one. And sixty one is actually not true. It's because, but since he was an undrafted free agent, he was actually not drafted. So I literally gave him a number of sixty one. So let's start from the top. Twenty twenty three Nuggets. Jokic forty first pick. Aaron Gordon traded trade from um those plucky um franchise uh, uh, dynasty and making Orlando magic with their 17 year rebuild and Jamal Murray's seventh pick. Um, are we following this Are Nick's following this model? Actually, I'll start with you. Um, <laughs> the Knicks are, the Knicks are, are not following this model per se. I mean, it's, it's not way off. And, and what I want to say to kind of establish where my perspective comes from, just at the beginning of this game. And thanks for doing all this light work, Sean. This is a great spreadsheet. If you're, if you're listening to the pod and not watching, if you get a chance to jump on the YouTube so you can, you know, kind of see what, what Sean has put together. It's really nice to see from a visual sense. Um, but I think that the Knicks are not done yet with their building. Right. And so to me, their championship model is not really described by what they've done so far by who they have on their roster currently. But I anticipate their championship model to really look like a free agent signing Jalen Brunson, a free agent signing of of a a second round pick um, in Jalen Brunson, a draft of a late first round pick in Emmanuel quickly and a trade. So a trade that will inevitably, in my opinion, involve Julius Randle or maybe even a trade after trading Julius Randle. But inevitably, I think their, their, their top three guy will come from a trade rather than um, what Randle was, which is a free agent signing. So how I'm looking at it is like the Knicks model is more like free agent signing, trade, and a draft pick. Um, so it, in that regard, it's different because the Nuggets were like a lot more homegrown, obviously, you can see. But they also just like... I mean, come on. You got the best player in the league, uh, potentially a top 20 player of all time, in my opinion, likely to be a higher than that at the 41st overall pick. Nobody can build a champion. Like you can't reliably <laughs> build a, a championship contender that way. So I, I wouldn't say the Knicks are following that model. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, like, Every team needs a little bit of luck. Every team, like the draft is a crapshoot. Like the Nuggets is literally, you rolled on a come out roll on craps. You rolled seven, like nine times in a row. Um, 
So then I'll say this. Uh, so then I'll go to Mensa. So let's look at the team that they're playing, the Miami Heat. Their first, their their three best players: Jimmy, free agent; Bam, thirteenth pick; and then an undrafted free agent and Caleb Martin. Does the Knicks model? And to XJ's point, clearly they're not a championship contender yet, so they're still going. But do you see the Knicks model following what the Heat are doing? Do you think it's that? Do you think it's following that model? Or is it something different? No, I do not expect the New York Knicks to sign a superstar psychopath in free agency and have to impair a superstar psychopath with the best coach in basketball. Um, I think just like the um, the Denver Nuggets, I think what the Miami Heat have done this year, especially as an eighth seed, is unique. And we will not see that model repeated again. Um, I would say that as far as I differ a little bit from XJ in that I'm a bit more cynical about how the Knicks will eventually get to a championship roster. I do not think that the New York Knicks would have drafted one of their three best players on a championship roster today because I think the New York Knicks are looking to trade their draft picks for not one, but two star players. So I think it's going to be Brunson, a guy and the guy um, before. So I think it's like more, it's more free agency trade trade for the Knicks. So I don't, I don't see us having a Bam kind of guy or a Jamal Murray kind of guy making being one of our three best players on a championship team. So I would say, no, the New York Knicks are not building like the Miami Heat. So then let's do this then. So I think we all can agree that this iteration of the New York Knicks under this regime, when they win the championship, knock on wood, their three best players are not going to be drafted by the team. I think that's fair, right? I mean, I think I think Mens is right, and you're right, Sean. Most likely not. I I'm not giving up faith that quickly can make an insane leap um, offensively and become as good offensively as he is defensively. In which case, I know it's a hot take. I can see a Brunson and quickly backcourt being the backcourt of a championship contender. There's nothing hot about that take at all, in my opinion. From what I've seen from Emmanuel quickly, no, not at all. Um, this is a guy who right now is what, 78th in, in the 78th percentile for offensive EPM and 93rd defensively. This is, he's not even. Is he 25? Like, you know, like he's 24 this year. There's nothing hot about that take at all. That kid is excellent. Um, but I, like, I don't want to go off the rails on the mail quickly, but I am just, I will believe it after this offseason. <laughs> I don't, I don't think anybody's safe except for Jalen Brunson. So we'll see. That's where I'll leave it. So, so for the next two, because it's not impossible as I think about it now for the, the draft path to be the path of the championship contender, but that would involve their three best players being a combination of RJ Barrett, Obi Toppin, Emmanuel quickly, Quentin Grimes, Jericho Sims. I'm probably someone forget Mitchell Robinson, Robinson. Mitchell Robinson off the top of my head. Deuce so, McBride. Deuce McBride. Can't forget Deuce. Um, <laughs> Because even if we go with the even if we go with the uh, even if we go with the, the Jalen Brunson IQ backcourt, Jalen Brunson obviously wasn't drafted, but that means you'd have R. It would be Jalen Brunson, Emmanuel Quickly, R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, and then insert center here, Miles Turner. Hello, uh, I'm that's a kid. I'm just kidding. I'm not just kidding. But like I I I. I I thank you, Mensa, for reminding me not to hit the table. Uh, <laughs> um, I think it's safe to say that's. Do we think that's possible? Do we think that's possible? I mean, not that specific construction that that you mentioned, Sean. I don't think that's necessarily possible. But I think it's possible that let's say Randall is moved. In addition to you know, let's say Quentin Grimes, a bunch of picks like for the guy, you know, and then you have a Brunson quickly and then a, a, a true 1A superstar attached to those guys. And that's a championship contender. So I think that's a possibility 
where you have the scenario where like the Knicks top three guys, one is from free agency, one is from a trade and one is from a draft. I think that's unlikely. Like I said, I, I, I agree with Mensa. I think it's like not likely. It's more likely that quick is outgoing and in, in one of those deals for a, a superstar. But, you know, I just wanted to note that I think it's possible and I, I would love to see it, but you know, we'll see. So then let me ask you, let me ask you guys this. Let's say next year, everything just goes belly up and, you know, there's, in- God forbid, but there's injuries, there's, you know, th- Randall reverts back to 2020 Randall, whatever. And he goes down, the, down the down end of the, the seesaw again. <laughs> yes. It's, 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 it's odd. It's so odd year, Julius. Odd year, Julius. Odd year, Julius. Oh my so goodness. Let, okay. So then let's say that happens. And, the chairman of the Madison Square Garden Corporation says, you know what? I've had enough. Tom, Leon, Wes, thank you for you. Thanks for the memories. It's time to say goodbye. And he cleans house. And we bring and then we bring in Bob Myers, who's like, all right, you know, I had a year off, right? Would you want to see how would you feel about if the if the model was, all right, we're going not gonna go necessarily full process, but we're going to build through the draft. How would you feel about that approach? I'll start with you, Mensa, and then we'll go to XA. Oh, even though I think I know where XA is going, but I'll still, but we'll start with Mensa. If everything goes belly up, I will believe it is the coach's fault and that we should have put the ball in our t- I'm lying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fire stuff, man. If, if, if everything goes belly up, though, I would be a little disappointed because I believe in the guys we drafted already. Um, and I will never not believe in Jalen Brunson. So to kind of scrap, to like... If every, I think there, there would be opportunity to rebuild and not, I mean, to retool and not rebuild. So I would be disappointed if they said, screw all this, we're going full draft, full tank. And I have to like, I mean, to be honest, man, like, not that I'm tired of rebuilding, but I would at least like to see where this goes. So yeah, I'd be a little disappointed if we scrapped everything and started over with the draft. Actually. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> if all things were equal right like if we did if we weren't where we are at right now would i be okay with that approach yeah of course like i i totally condone the approach where you where you tank for a few years you um get high draft picks you hoard assets um you trade whatever valuable players you have for more assets and then you know you kind of hope that of the 10, 11, 12, you know, reasonably high value young assets you have one, one, two, three of those uh, players hit, and then you kind of build from there. So I condone that approach. Would I want it in this scenario? Probably not. (laughs) Probably not. I think we're too far gone. I know definitely there's a such thing as a sunk cost fallacy, but I do think we're too far down this this kind of a rabbit hole this way. And we have Jalen Brunson, we have Emmanuel quickly, even if Julius reverted to odd year Julius, like I just don't see a way to diverge and, and, and building through the draft. And to be honest, I don't even know that I would trust, like, am I trusting Bob Myers with the draft? Like I, I, has he done an amazing job in the draft? It's really hard to say. I mean, in those, uh, you know, championship teams that you're talking about, I mean, yeah, they had two traffic, but, who wouldn't have picked Curry where he was Curry fell to them, you know, like that, that's a lot of luck more than it is like amazing talent evaluation in my opinion. So, um, yeah, I I don't know if I would, I I would really condone it at this point with the players that we have. Um, I think we're too far down this path to like kind of go in a completely different direction. And if those guys were all fired, I would be like, bring in guys who are going to just take us further down this path, but just do a better job at it. Not every billionaire has the stamina, the dedication, or the fire to become the most unpopular owner in sports. But not everyone is James Dolan. 
the owner of the New York Knicks. This is Reign of Error, a new podcast series that gives you a courtside seat for the controversies, scandals, and drama that seems to follow the infamous billionaire. Track Dolan's rise from aspiring musician to the throne of one of the most beloved franchises in sports. Along the way, he'll battle his own players, fans, celebrities, the New York media, politicians, even the Girl Scouts. Reign of Error unpacks the outlandish story over five riveting episodes, detailing how Dolan became a lightning rod of criticism in his quest to outdo his billionaire father, while also asking the $6 billion question, why doesn't he just sell the team? Check out Reign of Error wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app. What's up, Knicks fans? Super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Express your style and build a look that's made just for you. Oakley's changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, train, or just want to look like your favorite athlete? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self and an expression of your personality, with Oakley, there's more than meets the eye. Here at Knicks Film School, our motto is look good, play good, and that's why Oakley is the perfect partner for us. Not a one of us leaves the house in the morning without our Oakleys. And listen up, because it's officially almost summer, which means you need to upgrade your sunglass game now. Check out Oakley.com to get yourself a pair today. Also, did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? Now, I know what you're thinking. GMAC, what the hell is that? Well, it's a technology solely used by Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? Head on over to oakley.com and check it out for yourself. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses. That'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com for more information today. Mensa brought up an interesting point about not being tired of rebuilding or not being tired of rebuilding, right? Because again, and I and I will throw a bone to those people who are, you know, saying we're screwed, purgatory, whatever, because again, it's been we won the East. We won the Eastern Conference in 1999. We played for the Eastern Conference Championship in 2000. And since then, it's been Chwadush. And especially for someone who is my age, who's been following the team for 32 years, it would suck if it was, if it would be like, all right, wow, we got to start all over again, right? That would absolutely suck. So to your point, Les, I guess there is some truth not some truth some validity in being tired of rebuilding but at the same time i think that again the chairman of mass square garden company i think he's tired of rebuilding too and he went to leon rose or said fix this but listen we can't do it we can't pull a philly we can't be okc we can't do that like we need to like we need we need to like can we turn this around in a relatively timely fashion, so to, so to speak. And, and obviously Leon took that job on. So I think it's safe to say that we can eliminate the models of the teams where they drafted the three best players, which is the, the, all the warrior, all the warriors teams and the, the 2022 and the 2022 Celtics. Can you clarify um, the warriors thing to me, Sean, with the Durant? Um, oh, that's true. Durant. Oh, you're right. Dur- yeah. Durant doesn't count. Okay. Oh, okay. actually, no, we're not, we're going to exclude the, the 2017 and 18 Warriors because there will not be a cap spike where the second best player in the world <laughs> is available for us to sign because our best player was signed to a mid, a, 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 a sub market contract because he had bad ankles. And well, I think our best player is signed to a sub-market contract, but yeah, I, I, point taken. I think you're right. <laughs> so all we need, so you know what? All we need when the new, not the new CBA, when the new TV deal goes into effect is somebody look up when Jokic is a free agent and, see about to say is, <laughs> and say, here is $92 million a year. Right? Jokic and Brunson. <laughs> Bro, give give me the what I'm not. I'm not even gonna put that out there. All right, so the draft is out. So basically, now there's either some combination of 
either you draft one guy, you draft one guy and you acquire the other two, or you draft two guys and you acquire the other one, right? So I guess this now goes to team building. And in fact, let's have a little fun. It is 2024. It is the 2020 is game one of the first round of the 2024 playoffs. How many of I named all the guys that we drafted? How many of those guys are still on this team? How many guys in the rotation are still on this team? Or, or even better, are any one of those three or any one of those guys we drafted one of the core three? Anyone. So again, that's RJ, that's quickly, that's Grimes, that's Obi, that's Mitch, that's Deuce, and Jericho Sims. Are any one of those three? Are in our top three, and actually, I'll start with you this time. I mean, yeah, I think I think quickly is going to be here. I, I don't see quickly getting moved. I think quickly is going to get re-signed this off or extended this off season. Um, I'm also hopeful that that happens. To be honest, like as a Knicks fan and hopeful, like I want quickly not to bet on himself <laughs> because I think if quickly bets on himself and doesn't sign an extension, he could be looking at max money after an insane year next year. So hopefully he, he takes the deal uh, a la Julius Randall um, and, and locks in the extension as opposed to like saying like, well, you know, I could wait till my contract comes up and then, and then make some real money. Um, so yeah, I, I think quickly is going to be there and is going to be the third best player on our team in uh, the beginning of the playoffs in 2024. Mensa? Uh, a little more pessimistic. I think that the only player next year that will be on this team, and I and I really do hope I'm wrong, but I just... The way this front office looks at basketball players to me is discouraging, but again, another topic for another day. I think the only one who will be here is Mitchell Robinson. I think that Emmanuel quickly and RJ Barrett are likely to be dealt this summer. And I think the player that comes in will likely be pushing Quentin Grimes into a position that he can't handle. Because if you look at all these guys who are likely to come in, they are not good defenders except for one. And he's probably not coming. And that one is OJ Ananobi. So I think that, we're going to try something. We're going to see, Hey, we might need a bigger defender and then flip Quentin Grimes for said bigger defender. So it will probably look like, um, Brunson player X, uh, player Y that was acquired via midseason trade, Julius Randall and Mitchell Robinson will be our starting five in the playoffs next year. I'm very pessimistic. At that's the a big shakeup. I just want to say Mensa, that's a big shake. You, that's you're a anticipating lot. a lot of things happening. I'm just so pessimistic about it. I don't think that like the way we look at Emmanuel quickly and the way, especially with the CBA coming, I just think that these guys, like they want better players, you know, like it. They're, I don't think that the front office is necessarily focused on fit because if they were focused on fit, two guys who've been in the starting five for the past four years would not still be here. One of the two would have been gone. It's more about appreciating assets and then flipping set assets. And I think that they realize that, especially with, and I, and this, again, this is just pure speculation, but especially with Bob Myers, not having a job like Leon Rose, the rent might be due soon, you know? So if, if this season goes, if it's, if the season goes any way, but right, those rumors are going to come back around. You're going to have people on television who scream for a living screaming, get us Bob Myers and it, it'll get nasty. So what I hope happens is I hope they look at this roster and say, we had enough this year. Things went wrong because of inexperience and let's just keep it together. Let's make a couple marginal moves, maybe, maybe move one core piece for an upgrade, but keep, but keep the guys together for better or for worse. Like keep, I want to keep this roster together. Like 85% of it should still be here come next playoffs, but I don't run the New York Knicks. And I believe the people who do run the New York Knicks aren't necessarily attached to anybody on this roster, except for Jalen Brunson. That's the one that they double and triple down on. Everybody else is kind of an asset. and. 
there's going to be a lot of movement happening this offseason. And I think the Knicks are going to be moving some players. So, wow. Okay. So that means in this scenario of 2024, hold on one second. Um, in 2024, there's possible that there's in our top three, there's going to be no homegrown players. And so I think so. Yeah, I do think so. Right now, our top three has two players who are not homegrown. It's really just take a pick, whatever night it is, Emmanuel quickly, RJ Barrett or Mitchell Robinson, you know, one of the th- so, yeah, it really one trade away from our top three guys being all um, trades or free agent signings. OK, so and I'm going to describe what I'm doing for those who are not watching, who are not watching on YouTube. Basically, your model, Mensa, is the 2020 Lakers, because I look at the I look at the last 11 NBA conference champions and the only one that has no homegrown players are the 2020 Lakers. Like, because even even the Heat with their average draft position at thirty four point seven, they drafted Bam out of bio. So you think that the, the, that is the path that they're following? Most likely that they're following is the twenty twenty Lakers. Um, I would have to agree with that, and I think it makes sense for a team like New York to want to copy what the Lakers did because we're a big market team with big market pockets and can afford to pay players big dollars. And. When I look at and then for XJ, because I think XJ said he thinks that Emmanuel quickly be the third guy that looks more like the, well, you could say that you could say the 2019 Raptors of Siakam. But then again, actually, because you have we, we agree Brunson is going nowhere unless something catastrophic happens. So he's a free agent signing. And that means we have a and then if we have quickly who's drafted, which means the third piece can be either a trade or free agents or free agent signing. So that actually I would say to you, what do you think is more likely to, for the third guy, a trade or free agent? And we can go through the list of the free agents that, you know, we like, you know, we know when like, for example, Devin Booker is going to be up in four years and, and, and what have you, but like, do you think it'll be the third, second guy? How do you think we'll get the third guy? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I, I feel very strongly it's going to be via trade. I don't imagine a situation where we're going to wait long enough for those guys who need to come up um, uh, via free agency that we can just sign them outright. Like, I don't imagine that happening because that's coming down the line. We'd have to wait several years and, and and the Knicks are not waiting several years for that. Like it's, it's, it's going to be in the next two years where they make a big, a big splash move. And um, the only way to get those guys is going to be via a trade. Like we, like you said, we can look at the the free agents who are coming up, but it's not going to be the guys, the guys who are coming up are coming up for super max extensions. And, and those guys are not going anywhere via a uh, free agency. So, um, yeah, I I feel very strongly it's probably going to be via trade. So I do think it's more similar to the 2019 Raptors, even though they 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 have won. You know, the Knicks would have have signed Brunson via um, free agency. It's kind of like semantics because what really should have happened for Dallas is it should have been a sign and trade. Um, Dallas should have signed and traded him, traded him. But um, you know, trade trade and a late first round pick. I think it'll be some something more similar to that uh, free agency trade late first round pick, and uh, but but I also agree with with Mensa and, and and with some of what you said, Sean. Like I don't think this front office is like wedded to like oh we need a homegrown. I don't think they care about any of that homegrown talent stuff. They're just trying to get the most value that they can. And uh, Mensa, you said it really well. Like appreciate um, players' values and then flip them for at you know for what to maximize on what their values might be. So I could easily see it, see it being the kind of 2020 Lakers model, but I'm thinking and kind of hoping it'll be more similar to the Raptors model. Cause I think the Knicks have some really good homegrown guys that can fill that role. Um, and I think we would as Knicks fans, you know, like I'm sure we don't, we don't really care that much. Like we want to see a championship, but it would be nice to see. It'd be cool to see. So I'm going to, 
All right, I'm going to do a little, I'm going to, listen, this is my game. This is my idea. So I'm going to be a little funny business, right? So, so for those who aren't watching, I have, I've highlighted the uh, models um, that I, that, that XJ Mensa have, have, have highlighted. So the 2020, so uh, Mensa Bleeds will be the 20, is more clo- along the lines of the 2020 Lakers, which is uh, a f- two free agents and Le- well, a free agent and LeBron, a trade event for Anthony Davis. And then honestly, the third guy, listen, I mean, they're none of them are homegrown, like except for, except for, unless it's Kyle Kuzma, right? Because obviously it's Rondo, he was a free agent. Well, Caruso's homegrown. Uh, Danny Green was a free, Danny Green was a, was a, isn't homegrown. KCP wasn't homegrown, right? So there's that. Now, for the 2019 Raptors, um, I had as their top three players Kawhi, Kyle Lowry, and uh, Pascal Siakam. Uh, obviously, everyone knows Kawhi was a trade. Lowry was a trade. Siakam, they drafted. You can, f- if you flip Siakam for, or if you say Lowry, because Lowry wasn't really good until game six. Um, but if you take out Lowry, for example, so it's interesting because even though Lowry wasn't a, because Lowry, I think the Raptors were his third team. Lowry was seen as like one of the guys, like one of the one of the guys that was there for a long time. And then Fred, but you flip him out for like a Fred Van Vliet who was undrafted, but obviously was homegrown because they got him. Then, then that's where the semantic works for you. But the funny thing is the only other team on this list that where the top three guys was one was a free agent, one was drafted, and one was traded for are the 2020 Miami Heat, which I have Jimmy, I have Bam, and I have sorry, Tyler Hero fans. I have Goran Dragic, who was who was traded for. So basically, the Knicks are basically following the model of the teams that made the final in the bubble. <laughs> so that's the model. And then for me personally, to answer my own question, I. I think we're all in agreement that this front office could give a you know what about there's no sentimentality about homegrown guys. They are trying to win. And if they find an opportunity, if they see an upgrade, they'll make the upgrade because we all know if it wasn't for Leon Rose waking up and saying, you know what, I'm not going to give Utah a third unprotected pick. RJ Barrett would have been in Utah this season. So I personally think I lean more towards XJ's line of thinking of that being the model, but I can clearly see, like, I can see, I can see, I'm not going to say any names. I don't want to get in trouble, but I can see two, three years from now, the Knicks are in the finals and none of those guys were drafted. And honestly, and I think this is a good way to close. I don't say anyone has anything else to say. I don't think it matters. And the reason I say I don't think it matters is because again, I'm looking at like like I'm I'm looking at the last eleven conference champions in each in each the last eleven conference champions. They're all mixes. Some are free agents. Some are free, like it's all a mix. Some are some some are free agents. Some are drafted. Some like like the Heatles. They literally signed three guys and won the championship. The 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 the, the, the Celtics signed drafted three guys and played for and played for the championship. Uh, the Nuggets drafted two guys and traded for a guy who was the fourth overall pick and did it. Like there is no quote-unquote right or wrong way to build a team if as someone who believes in process over results team building more than anything else is a results-based business because you can fall ass backwards into a two-time mvp who was drafted during a taco bell commercial in Nikola Jokic or you can get lucky and win the lottery four times and win the championship Oh, wait a minute. The Magic didn't actually never won the championship. So my bad. But but you get the point. So Menton XJ, I'm glad we went through this exercise. I feel I feel better about where the Knicks are going. I don't think the Knicks are stuck. I don't think the Knicks are doomed. I don't think the Knicks are screwed. I think the Knicks do have a lot of flexibility. And I think I think it is fair to say that the Knicks are at the very least 
on schedule, that they're moving in the right direction, and the idea that the Knicks are screwed because they did not follow a particular way to to build a team is rubbish. Uh, Final thoughts from either of you. Yeah, um, really quickly, I just want to say that when it comes to the NBA, like success is not stumbled upon randomly at the highest level of anything. An NBA championship is basketball success at the highest level. Um, Every team, whether or not they went the Warriors route and they drafted um, and they drafted you know, Draymond Green and Clay Thompson and even Harrison Barnes and all these guys that they drafted at the time. Um, yeah, I think I, yeah, Steph, of course. Um, you had to find money somewhere, right? The Warriors dynasty found money with the Steph Curry contract. Um, the Miami Heat, when they were winning championships, they found money by drafting the literal third greatest shooting guard of all time, fifth overall. I don't care what draft you are in, you are not guaranteed to get a first ballot Hall of Famer. That is found money. Um, the Toronto Raptors found money. Pascal Siakam, 27th overall. Um, the Los Angeles Lakers found money. Dwight Howard got his groove back suddenly. Um, Rajon Rondo, who was hated by half the league at a bare minimum, found money, right? The New York Knicks are in a position where you can pick who the found money is. Jalen Brunson has found money. Quentin Grimes, 25th overall, found money. Um, Emmanuel Mitchell Quigley, Robinson. And Mitchell Robinson found money. Um, even Julius Randle, you signed a guy that nobody wanted, and he went and won. He went and what? Two playoff, I'm sorry, two all-star appearances, two all-NBA appearances, found money. The New York Knicks roster is you have found money literally everywhere because nobody's giving it out. So no matter what the New York Knicks do. You can believe in this front office, even if you're like me and you disagree with the way they build the team. I think cohesion is more important than asset um, appreciation. Um, No matter where you stand on it, you have to look at this roster and say, these guys are good at finding guys where other people look and say, that's not a guy. So they will continue to operate that way. And we are on schedule because like the late Jerry Krause said, organizations win championships. I don't care if Michael Jordan hated that. It's the absolute truth. Organizations win championships and the Knicks are in place to finally get back, not even just to respectability because we are, but get back into title contention and hopefully one day use this big market bias and win a championship with it. Yeah, that, that, that's super well said, Mensa. And, and I agree with all of that. I think to add, you know, what, what I have to add to all of this is really that the, how critical timing is to all of this. Like currently right now, there's no powerhouse in the East. Um, and to be honest, there's not one coming. I don't see one coming. I don't see, I, I see teams getting worse. I see teams getting a little better, bad teams getting a little better, great teams getting a little worse. I don't think there's a powerhouse coming and the Miami heat being in the finals right now is the best news for the Knicks, regardless of how they're building their team. The fact that a team like the heat, you showed Sean, how they assembled that squad. Um, that team is in the finals right now. That means that there is absolutely an opportunity for the Knicks to become the team in the finals, to get to the top of the East, maybe not during the regular season, but to be a top three team to move into that tier where they're competing and contending for a championship and contending to get to the finals, um, you know, over a, a long span of time. So I think regardless of how they build the team, the point for me is that, there's no powerhouse. There's no LeBron peak, uh, peak prime LeBron James in the East where it's like, it doesn't really matter what you do. You're not getting past them. There's no peak in prime Giannis with a, a super stack squad behind them. That's going to be just, you know, a, a force field where you can't get past it. Um, I think there's going to be opportunity. And so I think they're going to build, um, they're going to build how, uh, how they're going to build it whether it's no draft picks on the squad or whether it's for all free agents or whether it's all uh, guys that are acquired through trade. To me, it's not as relevant as the fact that this is a time of opportunity. Um, 
they need to strike over the next two years while the iron is hot and, and timing is just really critical. So um, however they build it, I love the fact that there's no powerhouse in our conference and that is, it, uh, it leaves us plenty of opportunity moving forward. All right. Um, and I will, I will, before we get out of here, two things. One, um, I made a mistake. The Heat did not sign three guys. They drafted they drafted Dwayne Wade, so he wasn't signed. And two, I forgot that technically the 2021 Bucks kind of fall into the um, the XJ model because they drafted Giannis, um, but then they traded for Drew Holiday and traded for Chris Middleton. So just want to get that out of the way. But yeah, listen, the Knicks are in a great position. Don't let anyone tell you different. Um, and just remember that when you're and when you're fretting all summer about all oh, the Knicks are screwed because the Pistons hired the Pistons 50, 15 and 67 Pistons hired a uh, Monty Williams as a head coach. That's our show for today. I'd like to thank XJ. I'd like to thank Mensa for joining me. Um, we're here each and every, we're here each and every Friday to talk casually. Uh, make sure you check. Listen, obviously this is going to be the summertime. Things are going to be a little bit slower, but um there will be weekly live streams. We had Benji on Wednesday. We had John the week before. We'll be doing that. Obviously, the draft coverage will continue. Chris Persianen. And listen, we'll be here. And listen, we are going to fill Fridays with some fun stuff. It's not going to be the crazy fun stuff, the board fun stuff, like what if the Knicks had kept Pat Riley, but some really interesting stuff, right? So for XJ, for Mensa, I'm Sean for W. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Knicks Nation, let's ride. Let's ride.